Hey, welcome to Gig Stories with Music People. I'm your host, Evan Michael, at the Spacement Recording Studio in Los Angeles, California. This is episode 18 with Cheyenne, a.k.a. Bodacious Thang, an incredible recording artist and singer out here in L.A. by way of North Carolina and Kansas City. She's sang with many different bands over the years, but her main focus now is her own music under the name Bodacious Thang, which you can check out on Bandcamp. Her latest single, The Light, is on there, which I highly recommend checking out. She also sang backgrounds on one of my songs a few years ago named The Only Way Out, which you can check out on my Bandcamp page as well. If you're in L.A., she has a show coming up on October 30th. Follow her on Instagram for more info on that, at Bodacious Thang. Thang with an A. I'm at Evan on the bass, and the studio is the underscore spacement. The podcast is Gig Stories with Music People. Episodes are every other Tuesday now. Let's get to it. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast. Yay. <laughs> Good to do see it. you. Good to see you too. Yes. It's been a minute. Um, yeah. But it's it's really good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah, it's literally been like probably four years. I guess so. Yeah. Since I've actually seen you in person. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we met at at MI where you work. Are yeah. you still working there? Barely, but Barely? yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody still work there? I don't know. What, Barely. What the situation is there anymore? <laughs> Barely, but yes. I I don't want to talk shit about them, but or whatever but uh <laughs> it's definitely different now you know yeah i still my heart will always have a special place it might always have a special place in my heart that's what i'm yeah that makes sense you know it it definitely helped me to become who i am and i mean that's the reason why i'm looking at you so that's the reason well, so that was all worth it is yeah what you're saying. it is it was <laughs> you know and i'm still I still enjoy what I'm doing there. And that, I think that's the key is like, no matter what you're doing in your life, if you're not enjoying it, it's not worth it. Cause well, yeah, life is so fleeting. So the day that, yeah, if MI does not make me feel happy, then, you know, maybe I won't, maybe I will. I've been there 10 years, like 11 years now. Oh, wow. No, 11. Yeah. So yeah, it's the longest wow. uh, I've ever been anywhere. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, where are you, where are you from originally? Uh, originally, originally North Carolina, um, but I moved to LA from Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. So I lived there for some years, like four years. I basically went to high school in Kansas City, and then uh, yeah, came out here right after high school. Yeah. So. Nice. Uh, Actually, I went to college in St. Louis, so not too far from oh. Kansas City. <laughs> nice, yeah. Uh, Kansas City's cool, kind of a cool city. I don't know how you feel about it. I mean, it was it's definitely like it was the the uh, how do you say stepping stone to get me here because right. when I was in Kansas City, that's where I found out oh I can actually make money doing something I really really like. So you did start gigging. In, in Kansas City? Yeah, when I was about 16. Oh, wow. I started gigging, like making, I was making like 250 a gig, and it was just me and one other guy at the time. And All right. And I had my, I had a band, had a duo before I moved out here, and then I also sang at jazz clubs, and they paid wow. really well, too. Um, for 
that for me i was 16 17 i was like whoa like i never had a job and yeah it was like and then when i did actually get a job working for like a daycare um i was like wow this sucks I re- i'm just gonna gig you know yeah it was so different from being <laughs> in los angeles so kansas city definitely got me like confident and like made me think okay where well if i can do music and make money here already yeah why don't i just go to a bigger city and do the same thing but and you're like it'll be easy yeah i thought <laughs> yeah this is gonna be easy nobody doing what i'm doing <laughs> right. well i mean 250 dollars at said 16 for a kid that's a lot of money i would think for a gig i mean that's still like a nice gig nowadays yeah right <laughs> like ah, oh, yeah i made 250 tonight so <laughs> right yeah i mean and i was doing like it was like 45 minute sets like nothing oh wow so yeah. that's super easy yeah sometimes it would be like two three songs like wow it was it really got me going like i was so excited to you know go to a bigger pond yeah. As in L.A. and just continue what I was doing. But also, I was doing a lot of jazz and I was doing, you know, the independent thing. And I didn't realize L.A. was not a jazz city, one, right. for the most part. There's some things here, but you have to do a whole lot of different things here Yeah, um, to, you know, to get by. So, yeah, I had a, a big reality check coming here but i'm so grateful for that you know it it really humbled me down i really thought i was going beyonce i thought i was better than beyonce before i got here and because i was like i'm making money yeah you hoes can't see me like (laughs) i mean for some people i'd be like wow they're comparing themselves to beyonce but i mean you're such an incredible singer that it's like it's actually like yeah you're you're just as good (laughs) so you're so i mean (laughs) so just quick flashback to mi i mean so you were you were working as a as a ta you know uh for anybody listening she's or would you want to explain that you're you're helping out with the classes right yeah well should i you're you're hired to to play with the class or I don't know how you describe it. Yes. So essentially you are a teacher's assistant and what that means at MI or probably other music schools too, is that you have like an engineer per se, like teaching audio engineering and they need something to record. So you call in a band and I'll be the vocalist and then you have a drummer and you have, you know, the all the elements of a band and the students learn how to record a band and that's your job you come in you show up you sing and you leave and (laughs) it's it was really a great experience for me doing that because i always hated the studio i hated hearing the sound of my voice i hated redoing it and redoing it and redoing it like it gave me anxiety like super bad um, so doing that class really helped me to hone in that whole fear of the mic kind of thing that That's I had cool. going on. Yeah. Um, and I don't really, I don't really talk about that, but I was always nervous going to those classes and now I feel really good about it, but it took, it took years for me to feel comfortable just in the studio. 
Because yeah. my upbringing is all live. Like, right. That's what I know. So the studio is like a, a monster to me. It's um, a different beast, for yeah. sure, yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't get any of that. What You had definitely conquered that by the time I, I met you, because it was like you came into to TA on something, I, you know, I was studying audio engineering, and I was just like, I got to get this girl's info. Like, it was, yeah, we were all like, wow, she can really sing. So oh. uh, that was super cool because, you know, got your info, and then we ended up collaborating on something. Uh, I had, you know, I was able to get studio time as an engineer, and so Cheyenne was was uh, gracious enough to let me engineer on on something and then sang on one of my songs, which mm-hmm. was super cool. There is a kind of a side story to that when uh, when we when we worked on your song. I don't know if you remember, but I got there. I got there really early because I was helping out on a friend session right before, mm-hmm. and I get there and like nobody's in the studio, and I'm like, what's going on? And like the door to the the live room, and we're in Studio A. We're in like the big studio at MI, and like the door was stuck, <laughs> and so we're like for like three hours before yeah. our session, I'm running around and like sending emails to like the head of audio engineering, John Newkirk, and like because we had had this scheduled for like a while yeah. and it was like the only time you know the the studio times there uh it's hard you know you really have to schedule it out and you only get a certain amount of time to schedule each room and stuff like that so it was like what is going on and uh you know we're talking to maintenance and they're like yeah we're not, you're not going to be able to get in there and i'm like we got i got like stuff scheduled and people come in you had like two people coming from like far and so I'm like running around for like hours and like talking to maintenance. And then at some point I finally like texted you. It was like, uh, or maybe called or whatever. And was like, Hey, I don't know if this is going to happen today. And you were just like, wait, what? The, the door, like you can, so you can get into the, the room, but the door to the light, like that can't be the reason, like the board's fine. Everything's yeah. working fine. <laughs> But the door to the live room stuck like that seems like an easy fix, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like pretty much three hours of thinking that this was all going to shit. And then like within an hour of our session, they somehow fixed it. Yeah, I, I vaguely <laughs> remember that. I tried not to like... I, I I I waited like as long as I could to yeah. tell you, and then you were like, "What? That, that doesn't make it." You're like, "I'm gonna like call somebody," and I'm like, "I don't go do whatever you gotta do." I I've talked to everybody I can. Oh my god! So it, that was, but then it worked out. Like my friend session was had to get rescheduled, and that was all yeah. messed up. But thankfully, it ended up working. Like it literally, if I would have not told you at all. You would have no idea. Yeah, because I because it it they opened it before we got in there. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I was there so early, and then I was like trying to get everything, you know, situated, mm. and then I was like, well, I gotta let her know and let her people know. And so it's funny that if if I wouldn't have told you, you would have had no idea. You'd have walked in and yeah. been like, yeah, everything's <laughs> cool. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. But it was stressful. <laughs> <laughs> and you you are very calm. I always remember that when the first time oh, I worked you. with you, I was like, this guy is 
like the real deal. He knows how to talk <laughs> to artists because that's important because I don't remember at all like feeling like I was going to freak out that day or any like memory. And I think that's important because yeah, that's awesome. artists can get in their head really quickly. Yeah. So <laughs> I always felt like you're very good at talking to people and just very organized and keeping things together. And that's probably why I was like, what? Like, Evan? Like, it's it's fine. It's going to be fine. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing everything I can. <laughs> well, thank it was. You. It was great. So. Yeah, it was super fun. Um, so did, did you did you go to MI, like, right away when you came to L.A.? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. that was my... The, the reason why I moved here, sure, you know, moved to LA was to go to college because, yeah, prior to the move, I had no desire to go to college at all. I was just like, I'm just going to do, I don't know, but I'm going to sing in jazz bars. Sing in jazz bars, <laughs> exactly, and just figure it out. But then I was actually with a boyfriend. And uh, he was like, you, we need to go to this school in I? And we both, uh, you know, got the application, signed up for audition and everything. We both got accepted. And then he said, okay, I'll meet you out there. And um, by the time I got out here, he was like, oh, I'm leaving. I'm coming home now. Wow. I'm, I'm not going. And so I was like, well, he was the only person I knew in this yeah. entire city. <laughs> And nice. I never been alone. I didn't have any money, you know, other than student loan money. What's up, student loans? Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. And, you know, just the little clothes that I had. And my mom came out here the first time to help me find a place because, yeah, I was just trying to figure it out on my own. And, um, yeah, she was there with me and we found this place and it was, it was like, well, this is it. It was like a dorm type of situation. Yeah, in Hollywood. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> it was weird. I had random people moving in and out all the time. I bet. So I didn't have anything like of any value around me because <laughs> I just... Didn't feel safe? No, I didn't. I, I, I was alone. and I mean, it was always women that moved in, but still, it was just like crazy. I remember one girl, she... She just didn't bathe. She didn't clean. She didn't do anything. Oh. And she was just nasty. <laughs> and um, that was like the first person that moved in. I was like, oh, my fucking God. What am I doing out here? Like, this is crazy. Wow. <laughs> so especially when I first, first moved out here, I was at MI a lot because MI was open 24 hours. Right. So I would just be in there practicing crazy and i joined every band that i possibly could i know how that goes yeah and <laughs> i was doing backgrounds at first like i wasn't worried too much about being an artist i was just like i don't, I just want to be in the background i always kind of wrote well i did write songs but i just i was very afraid of being in front the um, spotlight yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> not anymore <laughs> oh hell no I am the spotlight bitch yeah. uh, so <laughs> <laughs> now you're hogging the spotlight yeah. <laughs> but yeah I mean there's a story like cause like I said I was in like 20 bands at one point like yeah doing backgrounds a lot of them didn't pay so I was definitely the first call you know <laughs> 
Sure. <laughs> but, you know, at the time, you know, I was so new, I really didn't know anybody out here. Yeah. So I was just trying to get my face out there, try to just, you know, get through the, the noise, you know. Um, so there was one gig, though, that I had that did pay a little something. But the singer couldn't sing at all. The lead singer was horrible, could not sing a lick, just whoa. But somehow she ended up singing um, at the House of Blues main stage. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so she had money is what you're saying. You know, I, I figured out. I was slowly yeah. figuring it out. I've that... been in a couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, and when she did that show, there was nobody there. Except, like, my mom actually showed up for that show. She was there. She's like, oh, my God, my daughter's, you know, stage. And, wow. Um, Main and stage House of Blues, that's badass. Yeah. I mean, so what I'm assuming is the artist bought all the tickets. <laughs> I guess so. That's why there's nobody there. Yeah, and I but, didn't even think about it. Because, yeah. like, only people in the audience were my mom and, like, five really, really old guys. Okay. And, like, I was like, what is this? Like, yeah. this is weird. Like, I was, like, probably nineteen twenty at the time. I really was still trying to understand how this thing worked. Yeah. But that's not all. So we play this show, and she, like, her manager and her, like, call me and the other background singer to the back stage at the end. And we're like, you know, we need, to, we need you to have a seat. Okay. And we're like, okay. And we had been singing with her for like a couple years at this point. Well, maybe not a couple years, but like a year. It had been a while. Sure. Um, and yeah, we're sitting there and they're like, well, you guys are mediocre and we just don't need your services anymore. And we're like, what? You're what? firing us? Just, they just fired us just like that in front of everybody. It was like, yeah. Now, bye, never see you again. We don't want to see your faces. I don't know what prompted it, but they were just like, Whoa. <laughs> and so I go down, I go downstairs to see my mom out, you know, out there in the crowd, crowd, yeah, quotations around that. Um, <laughs> and um, I was like, Ma, they just fired us. <laughs> she was like, what? And she's and we were like singing her lead parts because she couldn't sing. Right. Like she yeah. couldn't sing. She couldn't dance. So she had dancers. She had two backup singers. She had all this stuff. And she was just kind of there like just a Barbie. Wow. And they talked to us like we were just totally beneath, totally beneath them. And it was so weird. And. I was so glad my mom was there because it really didn't bother me. I'm like, my mom's here. I don't even care. Like, <laughs> she's going to, we're going to go hang out and I'm going to eat food and it'll be fine. But <laughs> it was just really crazy how, yeah, they just it's like, yeah, you're out. And that's how this industry can be. And when you're doing backgrounds and you're working for other people, and I think this goes for anything they are the ones in power. Yeah. You know, they have control over your your pocket. And when you start seeing things like that, I started noticing, okay, I'm going to have to This is this is a different monster than what I thought it was. This is if I'm really going to do this music thing, like I've got to take responsibility. I've got to be accountable. I've got to figure out a way to really take care of myself because these people 
really don't care about me. Right. Um, look out for yourself. Yeah. And that thought was scary. And I avoided it for a long time after that happened. But, you know, as you get older, I'm turning 30. Woot, woot. Th- this year. Woot. Yes. Yeah. And it's like. You're still young. Yeah, I feel, I feel 16 again. Okay. All right. (laughs) But yeah, I'm, I'm glad I started out here that young because now I really feel like I don't know everything, but I'm very confident in who I am because of the horror stories from when I was like 17, 18, 19. Yeah. Um, and there's more, there's things in between that too, but now and, you know, then, but it's helped me build to a place now where I'm just going to say more what I feel. I'm going to do what I feel, especially when it comes to my art. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean to go on too long with that. No, but yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. No, I was just, I was interested. Yeah. Intrigued. But going back to that story for a second, like, I'd I'd be interested to see what that show was like, considering knowing that you you and the, the other background singer were singing all the leads basically, and then they still had to go on for their five dudes or whatever in the audience. Like I wonder what that show was. Like I know you probably just took off and got some food, <laughs> but yeah. it's like, what did they even do? I think they were her handlers or <laughs> somebody was paying they. I don't know what it was. Some weird stuff. Maybe it was they just went to backing tracks fully, and they oh, just maybe I see what they you're saying maybe now. they just karaokeed it. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying now. Yeah, they instead of using us, yeah, they probably just used backing tracks. That's so crazy to get fired right before a gig, like right before you go on, like at the gig. Well, we were fired after. After oh, that was after the show. Yeah, after the show, they okay, were like my right, mistake. Yeah, I for some reason I thought you were saying it was right before you went. <laughs> Oh, that would be so disrespectful. (laughs) No, they had to use us first. They had to make sure they got through the show first. I don't know if that's worse or that's better because it's like you just performed like you're on that high of, well, if there's five people, whatever. But still, you just played House of Blues to get fired right out. That's, wow. It was, honestly, we walked out crying, laughing. Yeah. We really Like, really? Because it's like, you're lost, bitch, okay? Yeah. Because she really, I mean, like I said, you could do, you can use backing tracks, but it was more so the way that they did it. I remember just feeling like super, like demeaned. Like they insulted you and fired you. Like, like it wasn't yeah. just like, hey, we won't, you know, we're going to go another way. It was like, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, we don't, it's not that we, you know, we don't have the budget or, you know, yeah. anything like that. It's just like, oh, you're not worth anything and we don't need you. So, <laughs> yeah. There's something messed up about those people, obviously. Yeah. Like to do it in that way. That's just unprofessional and, and just cruel. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was a blessing. You know, yeah. I don't want to work with sure. people like that anyway. Yeah, good riddance. Yeah, but it was weird because we had played like a few shows with her. And that was one of the first bands that I had joined that paid money. Right. So it's I always was, those projects. Yeah. That that pay the best usually. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that take a shit on you. Yeah. Well, the there's ones. a reason that, <laughs> that they have to pay. You know, I, it, it goes that way for just gigs in general a lot of times unfortunately, is like sometimes the more money you make, the shittier the gig. 
Like there's a reason that they're paying because it's like they have to pay that much in order to get anybody to do it. Yeah. Now, we hope that that's not always the case, but that that does. I have seen that a lot. <laughs> I've seen that too, and I. But I do think it goes the other way sometimes too, where people sure. just actually really respect the people that play with them. Oh yeah, and we're grown ups and have bills, and they understand that, which is rare. I feel, sure. but I do believe those people exist. Um, definitely. Like I think Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. You know he's. He's always been very loyal for what I've read to his band and like sure. people like that. But I don't know a lot of people like Bruce Springsteen and there may be, either. but <laughs> they're not reporting them. Like, they're not putting up any yeah media about that. Sure. Um, but yeah, I definitely have seen that too, where it's like, uh, yeah. Well, I feel like background singing is actually a lot like playing the bass where you're kind of you're not you're not in the front you know you're kind of in the back and and you're often kind of overlooked but somebody who's doing the job well can really add a ton to the music mm-hmm. playing bass or playing or background singing i feel like they're kind of similar in that in that realm yeah i mean i got to have my bass um yeah but in backgrounds too, I ain't trying to be disrespectful to backgrounds because you're right. When they are really done well, it does add so much. Um, I feel like there's a lack of that in a lot of shows now. Totally. Um, so it is very easy to forget about how much impact that can have because I feel like today's live music just does not acknowledge that. But you're you're totally right. Um, it's uh it's yeah it's it's a thing and um i was going to say i don't know you're right <laughs> <laughs> i can't think i'm also trying to thought there no it's all, uh, all good so how did you end up like transitioning to to lead or or tell me kind of about that process like going from okay i'm just doing backgrounds and then starting to do your own stuff or Mm, okay. Was it kind of like a mental thing, or did or did you like sing someone for some somebody, and they were just like, "You gotta, you gotta sing that lot." Like, because I only ask it that in that way, in that way, because that's kind of how it was for me when I first had my own band. Was like I just kind of was playing something for someone, and they were just like, "Yeah, let's do like a, a good drummer," and mm-hmm. then they were like. I want to play on that. And I was like, really? And then it was like, all right, let's find another. And then suddenly I had a band. Mm-hmm. Like, but it, I had never, I hadn't even really thought about having a band at the time. Wow. Yeah. That's badass. Um, I love when stuff like works together naturally like that. I, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, for me, I went through a lot of ups and downs because, like I said, I was doing backgrounds for years. I was just, focus on that and I would do things like what we did like I would go to Studio A and record some stuff that I just wrote on a whim and right. it would just be kind of like a one off thing and I did try to do a band type of thing when I first got here but I just totally abandoned it because it scared me 
I was the leader. I was the person calling the shots. And I totally wanted to deny that. I just, I always loved like people like Whitney Houston and, you know, Dave Bowie and these people who were such fierce people. But I never saw myself as someone that could be that. Um, So I totally shied away from that, you know, figure. And then, you know, years go on, I took on academic counseling. Um, And I, I was in a band and I was singing backgrounds, but I really was just kind of doing the nine to five thing. So for like five years, I wasn't really writing. I was only performing backgrounds with this band, the Big Bang. Um, and we were together for almost well, eight years. But yeah, for about five of those years, I wasn't writing or doing anything. I was just playing with them. And that was it. I had cut off all the... 20 yeah 19 bands yeah (laughs) and I was just playing with this one band and I was working this nine to five and so that band ended up breaking up and it was very um, emotional because they were and they still are actually some of my closest friends but they were the first people that I met in LA and we had been touring and we went to the overseas together and all this stuff and then it just started going to shit. We were just all going in different dire- directions, mentally, spiritually, and sure. all of that. And, you know, when you, there was a lot of tension. There was a lot of uh, disdain for each other and just, yeah, it was just getting, it just didn't feel good anymore. And I felt like that was my home kind of was falling apart. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, um, Yeah, so when that happened, once again, it was like, okay, you tried to ride the coattail of this thing, and it's it's falling apart now. And are you going to just go back to singing backgrounds, or are you going to actually, you know, step up to the plate and keep going, keep moving, keep writing? Because with that band, with the Big Bang, I had started writing and singing lead again and doing the whole thing that I did when I was in Kansas city, what I, what I, what made me want to move here. Right. So I started doing that in the big vein towards the end. And, um, it felt so natural and so good. And I was still afraid (laughs) when we broke up, but I was like, you know what? I got a lot of knowledge working with a band like that, that was so close and we were all like helping each other and building each other up and being creative. And, um, so it gave me more confidence to start doing, um, what I'm doing now with bodacious thing. And actually one of the members, Louise, so me and him, after we broke up, we started writing together and, um, yeah, coming up with the bodacious stuff and, that was really the beginning of me stepping out on my own 10 years, <laughs> like 10 years later after moving here. Yeah. Um, but it was a lot of, it was a lot of up and down, um, a lot of just weird shit. And uh, I finally just, it was, and a lot of it was just because I was afraid and I was trying to dodge being in front. So I'm just like, ah, yeah, let right. me do this weird thing over here, a weird thing over there, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, yeah, I was like, you know what, I can't, I, I got to stop running. Can't keep running um, for what 
I know I want to do. It was literally just fear stopping me. And so gotcha. Luis, Luis really helped me to um, start writing about what I really feel and help me hone things in because I hadn't been writing. I literally stopped writing for five years. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, that was how it all started, me doing my own thing. And since then, you know, Luis has created his own his own guitar shop and he's a luthier and he's doing the whole guitar oh, nice. tech thing. Yeah. And so now he is doing that and it's really me. And um of course there's people that help me, but as far as who's calling the shots, I'm I'm you know, I'm the one that it goes through first and that has been a beautiful experience. I think the timing was perfect. <laughs> right. It happened the way it was supposed to. And like, I think for people who are like, ah, it's too late or, ah, you know, I should have did this back then. It's like, it's not too late. Timing is everything. Trust the timing. Just if you're aware that you want to make a change, just fucking do it. You know, just start yeah. and it'll, it'll work its way out. And sometimes those things kind of reveal themselves later. Yeah. Like, oh, if if that would have happened at a different time, then this wouldn't it wouldn't have happened this way. Or even though it seems like oh well, I I often think about that too. Like I I moved out to L.A. at twenty seven, twenty six, and I was like, wow, what what would have happened if I would have done it earlier? I could have had a a more of a start earlier, but. I don't think it would have been right for me and I don't think I would still be out here. Mm -hmm. I, who knows? Yeah. But you know, things happen the way they happen for a reason maybe. Yeah. I, <laughs> I definitely agree with that. I mean, I was 18 when I moved here. It still took me quite some time to feel confident enough yeah. to start actually doing what I initially set out to do. Um, so I don't, I don't think it really matters. It, like you said, it, it's, the timing is what the time is going to be. You can't force anything. Yeah. Um, and as we get older, we we do become more confident because we are going through life and paying bills and more having yeah, yeah more experience. You got responsibilities and and you really start to cherish your time and you really start thinking, okay, you know, what do I want to do before I get out of here and not to, you know, be like, Oh, everyone's going to die. But, but you we know, are, <laughs> yeah, we are, we have a limited time here and it's like, do I want to waste it being afraid or am I going to do what I want to do in love? You know, we're not talking about doing crazy stuff, hurting people, but if it's something that you love and it makes you feel good and you can help somebody, it's like, don't run from that. You know, it, and if you're not ready, you know, I would just say, you know, it's never, no one's ever really ready. <laughs> right. You know, it's There's just, not going to be like a, just a light that comes on necessarily that says ready. Yeah. Like you're you just, ready now. You are ready now. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of got to take the plunge. Yeah. You just have to go. You have to take that leap. If you know that's what you want to do, but you're just afraid. You just, you just gotta, you just gotta do it. And I keep saying that because that was me. Like I, like I said, I just dodged as much as I could until it got to a point where it's like, okay, you're going to 
just dodge your way into depression of shitty life. You're not going to be fulfilled. And, you know, it's a blessing to be out here. It's a, it's, yeah. California is not a cheap place to live. It's, it is hard. Preach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, if you have the opportunity to even live in a place like this, it's like, why not make the best of it? Yeah. You know, and it's not for everybody, but yeah, you know, just be aware of what you really want, I guess. For sure. Were there any uh, stories from, you said you you did some touring with the big, was it the Big Bang? Yeah. Uh, and some overseas stuff. I mean, are, are any, you want to drop any stories from oh. that, from that time? Anything, uh, anything saucy happen? I don't know. Saucy. <laughs> I mean, I was drunk so much that okay. there's a lot of things that I don't have in my brain right. anymore. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> that happens. Um, but, you know... I did a lot of wedding corporate band stuff too. Okay. So when I was doing that, um, there was some crazy wedding people, brides and grooms. So there was this one wedding in Santa Barbara, gorgeous, just beautiful, like on the hill and just flowers everywhere just just beautiful santa barbara's beautiful yeah and so we drive up the hill and we're getting all our stuff fouled and you know loading in or whatever and they have these pillars in the ground like big tall pillars they they look pretty heavy so it was windy that day and so we're like loading our stuff in and all of a sudden we're in the green room we just hear this big boom and so these pillars just fell all outside, <laughs> broke the tables, broke glass, like totally, not all of them, but like there were like two big ones and just like they had to just scrap all that stuff. Wow. And like somebody literally could have probably died because wow. it like was, <laughs> yeah, when we saw that it broke the tables, we're like, oh, that that shit's heavy. Yeah. Um, so that was the beginning of that night when we didn't know it was going to get crazier. And so, yeah, that happened. They cleaned it all up. And then we get to the gig and we start doing our set. And the groom, the bride and groom, they're, they're pretty chill free. They're just living their lives. Um, and then like Chewbacca comes out at some point and they just have like this big Chewbacca guy at their wedding and they're just like, okay. Okay. <laughs> like what's going on? And then we had, we did like three sets. So at the very last set, I'm singing Waterfalls by TLC. I'm nice. doing the rap part. <laughs> I seen the rainbow yesterday. And so I'm doing all of that. And right at our feet at the stage, um, this guy is in the groom's face. And the groom just turns around and punches the guy, like, right in the front of the stage. I'm, like, rapping in their face, and the dude's just like, bam! (laughs) Just, like, punches him in the face, and then this big fight breaks out. And we're singing, don't go chasing waterfalls! (laughs) And we're just like, what is happening? And they just fought, and then we finished our set, and they're like, you guys are so awesome! And we're like, what the fuck is wrong with these two? God, these people are crazy. Wow. And we was like, well, these people just ratchet. Like, they got all the money in the world, and they still out here acting hood, doing hood right. shit. Right, yeah. <laughs> you, just kept, you just kept playing? 
through yeah. the brawl? Yeah, we just kept going. It's like, <laughs> this is what they paid for. This what they. This how they party, I guess. Um, so wow. yeah, that was that was not that long ago. That was probably like two years ago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's funny. It was. I still just see that dude punch him in the face. And yeah, it, they they fought, and then that was it. And we just hung out afterwards. Chewbacca <laughs> was walking around, and so I, I, how what? <laughs> I'm just trying to picture this, like how it. I always try to like deconstruct the story a little bit, but like, did it just like kind of stop naturally? Like as you're, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you're just watching this fight mm-hmm. <laughs> as you're singing. So like, did it? go to a, an all-out brawl and, or did like was it just like two guys and then people separated it like it i think there was two guys and then another guy got in there but i honestly and then they hugged it out <laughs> yeah i don't know how i i was i was rapping so right you I, were yeah. kind of you were focusing on other things i was like this is perfect you know gangster rap <laughs> and it's not even gangster rap but <laughs> Kind of works. Yeah, it kind of works. Hip hop fighting, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really like. I'm trying to think. I think I was just in so much shock that they were literally like right in front, right in front of me. Yeah. And just started going at it for a minute. It lasted like maybe like a minute. Like it wasn't like a long thing, but still, a, uh, like a minute of people fighting while you're singing is still kind of a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true that that's true. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Oh, and I forgot like the bass player didn't know the bass lines. Ooh, that that doesn't help. So I was I think that was really bothering me. I yeah. Cuz <laughs> On top of like, I mean, I saw them fighting, but like the whole cuz we did, at this point it's at 3 hours. We're we're in the third set. Yeah. And like just hearing like not good bass lines Oof. for that long like it oh. i was just checked out yeah i think you know um so uncomfortable <laughs> yeah it was just not it was just so weird and it was just like we're in this beautiful place and all this and that and it was just like one of the most like hood <laughs> weddings <laughs> like, <laughs> you can uh, uh yeah yeah. Take the, they can take the people out of the hood, but you can't take the hood out of the people. Yeah, is that it, kind of one of those things? Yes, <laughs> that is exactly the sentiment there. Right. Um. <laughs> I used to play, uh, uh, well, I still do sometimes, but a lot of country bars. Mm. And um, I just found myself in this country scene at some point. But there, occasionally fights would break out, you know? A mm-hmm. bunch of country folk and country music and all that. And... I remember one in particular, uh, and it was like one of the worst bars that I've ever played. Not because the bar was that bad in itself, but it was one of those where like the loadout was like the worst loadout. Well, I have a couple of top top worst loadouts, but that was definitely on the list because at the time you're loading out, it's just packed, mm-hmm. like just blasting music so everybody's just like grinding and the stage is in the corner of the bar where you have to go straight through everybody mm-hmm. and you're trying to get the fuck out of there you've already been playing for four hours it's 1 30 2 o'clock whatever 
And uh, I just remember it being like the horrible, horrible loadout. But anyway, we're playing, I don't know, some, some, whichever set and a fight, like, like full on bar fight breaks Mm. out. And I think you did the right thing by, by playing through it because (laughs) right when the, you know, the fight's breaking out and we see it and we're in the corner of the bar, like it's a small stage to like a narrow, like a thin stage where it's not like I have a big buffer of the stage. Like I'm at the edge of the stage because there's, so people are right in front of me. There's nowhere to hide. And right, you know, the fight's breaking out and we just kind of like give wide-eyed look and the sit, one of the singers just goes, stop fighting. Oh, God. And like we just like stop playing and it, it was just this awkward moment of like kind of people looking around for a second and then continuing to fight. Yeah, like... And it was just like, dude, like just keep playing, man. Like don't, don't call attention to it because yeah. now the whole bar now is into it. Yeah. And it was... Oh, no. It was so weird, and we had to, like, talk to him about it after. We're like, dude, like, just keep playing if that happens. Like, And he's like, well, I don't want to be the soundtrack to a bar fight, like, in Roadhouse. And oh, like, my God. Yeah, I guess I get that, too, but I feel like we made it worse. And then, like, I guess the fight was continuing outside, and, like, the same dude, like, went to try to, like break it up and stuff first oh and got God. like and then like one of the bouncers like sprayed mace at one of the guys and then like our dude got like you know the residual mace in the face so it's he like, got mace too oh it was just like God. why are we playing this place again yeah, like, this, like we don't need to you know and then you find out later like oh yeah there was like stabbing there like a year ago and so it's like okay Mm-mm. is this worth the 125 dollars a piece no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah yeah that's crazy and it's like mind your damn business you got you know right if you gonna stop playing to me just stop and go pack up your shit Right. You know, so yeah. for safety reasons, yeah. you know, but I ain't about to get in your shit. Like, because you don't, that's the thing about a bar. You don't know what folks got. Yeah. You know, at a wedding, it's like everybody know everybody for the most part. Right. You know, it, they, they got a list. Everybody's dressed nice, at least. Yeah. You know, if you're going <laughs> to die, you're going to look cute. Um, so, <laughs> right. But at a bar, you know, you don't know what people got in their pocket. You don't know. Definitely not. It, it's um, yeah. a lot of variables. Yeah, there's a lot of variables. You yeah. Know? Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm glad that's all he got was mace. Cause could have been worse. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you do hear stories about worse. Yeah. So especially, yeah. but you know, next time y'all go play and there's a bar fight, you know what to do. <laughs> Well, as the bass player, I can't just keep going. Everybody stopped, and I'm just doing a bass line under the yeah. fight, you know? Yeah. It's... Start playing Thriller or something. Yeah. Yeah, I like my bass lines. Yeah, man. Oh. Well, I'm around. <laughs> yes, Evan. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So I, I noticed you... Uh, I was lo- just kind of looking through some of the stuff that you have online. Um, you do you do a lot of like so far sounds stuff. I used to do. I've done a handful of those, and they're kind of fun. I was curious what your experience was with that. Like, it's kind of a cool concept. Um, 
basically they're like for people who don't know they're like small intimate shows that it's it's usually kind of a stripped down band sometimes full band but sometimes kind of more stripped down solo stuff uh acoustic but people basically just like offer up their space mm-hmm. to be a venue for the night and then people can get on the list and however much it costs whatever and then there's like usually i think three bands and they each play for like 20 minutes so even if there's somebody you're not like super into it's only like four songs yeah uh but it's a really cool way to i i've like just playing them and going to a couple myself like discovering new music uh definitely discovered some great stuff but and and as an artist it's cool cuz like people at least in my experience everybody was there to see music and to hear mm-hmm. music and was like super into it respectful and quiet so it was like a cool environment to play yeah. a show yeah that's i exactly like that's why i loved it cuz one you play four songs something four pretty to quick. five yes yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a pretty quick thing um it's a, always at like a cool space that you've never been to for the most part um i had never been to any of the places that yeah. they hit me up to go to um so i love that and i love yeah meeting new people and people that actually were yeah just interested in the music and it was a beautiful experience i've done like i don't know maybe like 10 of them nice. something like that yeah. Um, they're cool. They're awesome. Um, haven't been to any well, I went I did one earlier this year. Yeah, I did one. Uh it was a little different because, you know, things are different. Yeah. Now. Um only two artists. But the concept's the same for the most part, you know, come in, do your thing, you know, you, you can sell your merch and all that and they do pay a little something. So that's. I was curious about that because every time I I did it, I just kind of was in the band and had an agreement with the with the band. So I had no idea if they were making money. I I figured they were making a little bit, but maybe not. <laughs> I don't want to say how much it is, but it's sure. definitely not anything to run home and call your mom about. Right. It's uh, more the experience. Yeah. Which it's gas money. Yeah, that's the, the tough part. thing about it. And I and I did read a little bit about that. That's that's the negative of it. Yeah. Is especially like it seems like there's some money changing hands for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but I know that they they also try to get volunteers two for some of it i think it's mostly volunteers mostly volunteer yeah that that's what um i've heard from everybody that i've met yeah like they just so somebody's making money though yeah yeah somebody's (laughs) making way more than what the artist is making that's for sure and there's articles all about that right and at one point they weren't paying anything at all it was more you, you get a free video right and videos do cost a lot so I mean, I, I kind of get it, but it's also, yeah, they definitely can do better with that yeah. for sure, yeah. especially at a time right now. But I know everybody's in a weird place economically, um, financially. Um, so it's it's a weird, it's a weird area right sure. now for sure. Yeah, with that. But um, it's always cool, like I said, as far as like 
meeting fans and building your community of people. Yeah. Because those people really are listening to what you're saying. And I find that they do not, they do not connect with you outside if they really don't like what they hear or they're just not interested, you know? Right. So the people that I have met through it, I feel like they are genuinely interested in what I'm doing and sure. stay in contact. So it's cool. It's definitely cool for that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I also saw a video you were playing with uh, Vaught and the Villains. Oh, my goodness. And a friend of mine. I, I, well, <laughs> yeah, it popped up and I was like, oh, I do you know Carlina? Yeah. Yeah, she's a friend of mine. So awesome. I was like, oh, cool. She's uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. One of the nicest people. She might. She, I've talked to her. She might be on the pod at some point. But, Yay. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen her in I haven't seen her in years. a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, also years. I did the VOD and the villain things for a second. I was, I was, I was, was I did like a few gigs, like okay. three or four gigs. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I did that. And um, I was trying to think. Oh, yeah. I just, I just put together my first live video of my newest single. And that's going to be coming out soon. So, what's that um, called? It's called The Light. And um, I wrote it with Louise, like, after I got robbed at my home for the first time in my life in L.A. Yeah. Um, And it was really scary. And I was already not in a good place, like, spiritually. And then not only did he take, like, my physical stuff from my house, but also... Like, so it was a situation where I was living in a house with a bunch of strangers, like, like nine guys. Okay. Frat house. Yeah. But I (laughs) I was, I was the only woman and I didn't know any, I really didn't know any of them at all. Not recommendations or anything, just like a Craigslist ad. Yeah. So it was weird. And, but I was in another situation before that, that was worse. So I was like... (laughs) okay at least i have my own room and this is my space and it's i'll just deal with this this is fine um but i found out later like the person that broke into my room and stole my shit also was not paying the bills and we found that out when like the lights went out and Ah. like all this type of like the water was cut off and Um, so that was a lot of money stolen on that end too. Yeah. Um, that I found I got hit with that a little later. Um, so <laughs> it was a double whammy of shit that was happening in that time, and the light was just kind of where I was mentally and spiritually, and I really didn't have. I just felt so low. I didn't have anything in my soul. I just felt dead, and I was just like, what? What am I doing? Once again, it was definitely yeah. a turning point in my life um, when that happened. And a lot changed after that because I was like, yeah, I can't live like this. So, um, but yeah, that song, The Light, captured that moment. And um, yeah, I'm going to, I did the live video at the Lip Studio downtown. Sweet. Yeah, it's a really cool space. And uh, yeah, played with all my friends and. It was good, so I'm excited. You turned that horrible experience into something cool. Yeah. Right? So that's 
That's art right there. Yeah, you know, I was like, at least I got a song out of this, you know? Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, um, yeah, you know, we artists, that's what we do, like you said. That's, if you're not doing that, it's just it's just for vanity. You know, I feel like it's something yeah. that's, it's supposed to heal you. It's supposed to get you through things. It's therapeutic. You know, that's that's what it is for me. And uh, that song yeah. is definitely, definitely part of that process of me healing. That's awesome. And I, I think that when when artists do that, I, I think it comes across. I think it, it, it feels organic and it feels genuine when it, when it is cathartic like that. Mm. And music is, is like that for me a lot, at least when I write. Mm. Maybe when I play too, I can try to try to tap into that. But uh, when I write, it's it's often like I need to get something out. <laughs> yeah. I need to process this in the only way that I can can find, which is to like play some music and see what, what words come out and, and stuff like that or or write lyrics about it. So mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing it. When does that come out? Or do you have a date yet to it for it? Yeah, September September twenty third. So yeah. Oh nice. Yeah. That's right around let's see. Uh oh, so it'll be out already when this comes out. So check that out. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> Sweet. Go check out the video. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um that's happening and uh, I'm I'm now I'm working more just writing. You know, writing with people that I wanna write with and people that wanna write with me. I'm just I'm just constantly writing because there's there's just so much power in working with someone, I feel. You know, some yeah, collaboration. Collaboration, yeah. It's it's so important and it's um it's I was gonna say something else, but I'll go I'm gonna retract this. Um yeah, collaboration is so important and uh it's really cool just to see how pe- different people work yeah. and it brings something else out of you. Agreed. And, um, it's fun for the most part. Sometimes it gets weird. It's gotta be the right fit. It, it gets weird. Uh, sure. It's just like dating. <laughs> You're like, okay, you like to, you know, sniff carpet. I like to sniff glass. Hardwood I, floor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> glass. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> this, I love the smell of glass. Yeah, yeah. Fresh glass in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't yeah, know. yeah. You know, it's it just, but yeah, people like different things and sometimes it clicks and sometimes it doesn't. But that doesn't mean to be afraid to just reach out and try. Yeah. Because I, that's another thing that I've definitely was afraid of doing was collaborating right and i really just started doing that and probably like on a consistent basis probably like last year yeah because it that was just like no the only person i had really wrote with was like louise who i told you about in the big bang that i that i was like writing with consistently sure um i had just like some one-off stuff and um I was like, oh my God, that's so scary. I'm not doing that anymore. Like, it wasn't even them at that point. I just was, I was just so afraid of what people thought. And right. I just was not confident. And actually one of those songs where I felt that way, somebody in Nashville ended up releasing a song that I wrote with these two oh. with these two guys. 
like six years ago or something. And she released it last year. It was like her cool. third single or something like that. And I was so against putting it out for yeah. years. They were asking me, Cheyenne, let's put it out. It's a great song. It's a great song. I was like, no, it sucks in my head. I like this yeah. song. Blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? What's wrong with me? Yeah. She wants to cut it. Cut it. I don't care. Like, Do you want to say the name or do you oh, want to? Yeah. Her name is Hannah Gobell. Yeah. And okay. the song is called My Way. And it's a groovy, groovy song. It's so fun. And I think it fits her so well. And I'm so happy she wanted to cut it because it, it was so cool to see and be like, that's the power of music. You can literally write a song six years later and somebody hears it and they're just like, I want to cut that. Yeah. They're like, that's fucking cool to me. Like, oh, yeah. I never, I would have never <laughs> met this woman if that song hadn't even been written. And that is so beautiful to me, the connection with different humans that spans all across the world, just through music. Like, I love it. I love that Uh, too. I love it. I love that too. I, you know, and speaking of like it it being six years later like that, it's one of the interesting things about releasing music and about writing music from from the artist's perspective, I've had this conversation with other people too, uh, not on the podcast, but just in general, that's like you write something and then to you, at some point it becomes like, oh, that's like, that's in my older song. But a lot of times when you're working, like even in a band situation or an artist, when you're like working on stuff, it takes a while to actually get to the point that it's released. Or like in your situation, it's six years later before it's released where to you it's like this old thing, like, oh, that's that's the past, like, you should hear what I'm doing now. Mm. But to everyone else, they're hearing that that's the newest thing, that that's, that's you right now. Mm-hmm. And that's such a weird thing that you have to kind of grapple with as an artist yeah. who releases music is what, and a lot of times people are, are hearing your old stuff for the first time too many years later, not just right when you release it. And it still becomes, to them, that's you right now. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to grapple with this idea of they're never really seeing your how you feel right now as like, well, if I release something now, it would be way better, right? Because mm-hmm. you always feel like you're getting better. But from the audience, from the listener, they're kind of always hearing to you like the old you. Yeah. So it's this weird thing kind of dichotomy to to grapple with yeah i i do agree with that and i i guess the way i try to deal with that in my brain because i definitely was like oh well, that's not me now um but that was a moment in time that we captured yeah you know and that that is something you went through it's an experience it's sure. it's life and we do go through these things we write about them and we grow but don't for me, I like I don't want to take the experience away from them if that's something that's helping them heal right, right. now in this moment or making them happy or whatever they you know yeah. whatever they want that song for. I want them to do whatever they want with it and just process it whatever the way they want to do it. Yeah. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about art; it can be interpreted in so many different ways. And um, yeah, that's how I kind of deal with that in my brain. It's like. This is a moment in time, capture it, and then release it 
and now you can move on to whatever. And if people like yeah. it, they like whatever you do, the new thing. If they like it, they like it. They don't, they don't, they don't. And at the end of the day, cause, yeah, because at the end of the day, it's for, it's for us to heal too. It's not about, right. oh, what are they going to like? What are they going to, Yeah. you know, you want to be, it depends on what you're doing. It depends on your goal and how you set things up. But for me, I definitely want to make sure whatever I say resonates with my spirit. And, you know, whatever I said before, that's what resonated. And it could change. As humans, we grow and move on and do different things. And, right. You know, and our music should show that. And, um, or not. Whatever you want to do, you know. Some yeah. people are just like, <laughs> I want to be in the machine. I want to be pop. Right. And I want to be whatever's hot at the time and trendy TikTok viral. Yeah. And, you know, that's your that's your market. Do your thing. But for me, like, I'm just, I just want to follow my spirit and keep growing and changing and do whatever I want to do with my art. Um, so especially when it comes to the artist thing. Yeah. And then when you write with different people, they bring out different sides of you or you might write. Cause I do stuff for TV and film. Yeah. So I do write sometimes just for this scene or totally. whatever, you know, and there's a time and place for all these different things. Um, so it's just knowing the avenues you want to take and, you know, be happy with them and learn from them or whatever, you know, you want to do. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I love that. But, yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So I I know we don't have a ton of time left, but uh, do you have any, are there any other stories from like, you lived in Hollywood for like 10 years <gasps> <laughs> and, you know, went to MI every day, walking down Hollywood Bowl and uh, we're in all these bands, these tours. If you don't have any, if you have like a crazy story, I'd love that. If you don't have any of those, I don't want to put you on the spot, then you could talk about like maybe a, an amazing gig or something like that. An amazing But gig. it's up to you if, if anything crazy comes to mind or you want to talk about like just a really cool gig experience. Okay, really cool gig experience. Well, I think one of my favorite gigs that I did was definitely with the Big Bang. Yeah. And, I mean, we always had fun together, and that was the reason why, I mean, they're, they're more, it's not, it's more than just a band. They are family. Yeah. I mean, that's what a band used to be back in the day. Those were your homies. Yeah. I was just in it, you know. Sure. And so we were, you know, band, band. Um. So, but this one particular one, you know, we played in London, and it was only, three of us that went because it was a six-piece band and there's only three of us that went but just to leave the country because nobody in my family had left the country oh yeah before so for me just that alone going to london was such a big deal and we were actually playing shows so we went to london together we played at the sony um office sony uh extreme music okay and so we played at that office and then we played like some shows at like local bars and just experiencing the different culture and doing that with the people that I love. Um, Elaine Faye, Luis, Munoz, they were the ones we that I went with. And um yeah, it that was like really awesome to me. Like that really changed my perspective on how other people live and you know, we can get caught up in the whole, especially being in Hollywood, just like, oh well this is what life is and this is 
this is this is what it is, you know. But then you go somewhere else, um, even if it I mean it doesn't have to be all the way to London, but right. being in Hollywood so long and then getting out of it, I didn't realize how much I needed that reset for my mind and right. to realize that okay, people live differently and this this is happening over here too. And just being more aware of the world. Um, and I started just having more of appreciation of just cultures and different things and just traveling in general. Um, right. it, it, it changed my perspective pretty early on. And I also, that was my 20, how old was I turning? It was like my 22nd birthday. So my golden birthday, because my birthday is December 22nd. Okay, yeah. Um, so I was actually sick the entire time I was there. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It was we went in December in London. So it was cold as shit. Like I never felt that cold in my life. Yeah. Um and yeah, I got the flu, I think. And I was partying all night, every night for a whole week. With the flu. With the flu. Oh my god. Yeah. Hardcore. Well, twenty two, I guess. But still, <laughs> I was I was fucked. Like I yeah. felt horrible, but I didn't care, man. I wow. was just like, I'm in London, I'm fucking living it up. I'm 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 doing big things, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's hard to do when yeah. you're sick, though. It was. Oh. I was, and I was just going. Yeah. I we did not sleep. We would <laughs> we would be out all night, sleep for like three hours, get up and do it again. Wow. And I think. You know, people were used to me being sick because when I used to travel with the Big Bang, I always had an issue because I have pretty, I'm pretty sensitive with my allergies and stuff. Yeah, I'm that way too. Yeah. I empathize. (laughs) (laughs) So I think like at that point, like we had been together, the band for some years and I was always the one that needed Claritin or Benadryl or whatever. Um and people just, no one cared, you know. Right, <laughs> Not they didn't care, but they were just like, oh, that's Cheyenne. She's sneezing. That's fine. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> like this. Being sick yeah. on tour yeah. is definitely, oh, that's t- my first ever tour. I I was like one of the sickest I've ever, eh, maybe not the sickest I've ever been in my life, but I was very sick. Yeah. And I just had no energy. And it was just like all of the energy I had just to like play the shows. Wow. And it was like, I would get done and I would just have like a Gatorade and I would just find somewhere to sit and I would just like hydrate. And I just remember sometimes, you know, like trying not to make a big thing of it, Mm -hmm. but I was like, so I just felt awful. And then like, sometimes people would come up to me and be like, and the, you know, in the, in the band or the other bands we were touring with and just like, you okay, dude. And I'm like, no, (laughs) I am like horribly sick, (laughs) trying not to make a thing of it, but I feel terrible. And they're like, oh, you you need me to get you something? It's like, I'm good, man. Like, just do your thing, (laughs) you know? Like, and that was like my first tour out of St. Louis in the Midwest. And it was just like, and I couldn't sleep. I was like, uh, sleep issues sometimes. I already used to. And so I was just like, I would just felt awful and I was not sleeping. <laughs> so oh, I was my just God. like, oh, this is tour life. Yeah. Ah. Um, <laughs> I definitely got something to say about that because I had yeah. a similar experience. Like the first tour that I went on um, was with the Big Bang. Yeah. Uh, 
and it was South by Southwest that we nice. played like we were playing like three different shows during that during the week or something, whichever. So we get there and we're staying at this house, and I'm thinking, okay, it's gonna be us at this house, you know, with maybe like another band. It was a massive house. We get in there. There's 40 people staying in this place. Been there. Like, <laughs> I had never seen anything like that. Yeah. And, like, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and not only there, but all sleeping on the floor. Yeah. Sleeping on the floor <laughs> on top of each other, just like Tetris. <laughs> okay. Straight Tetris in that bitch. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what is this? And of course I get there, I'm sneezing, 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 sneezing. And this and I'm nineteen at this point. Yeah. And I just I'm just in shock of all of it. And we're I think they had a cat or something. I'm so allergic to cats. Yeah. So me too. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, messed up. And I was, so we would go to sleep. The first night, I know we went to sleep. And then uh, woke up, played the show, got wasted. And little did I know that was going to be every day of that week. Like, sure. we would sleep for two hours, get go play a show, get wasted every night. We were up, like, every night. And I was sneezing and coughing and feeling horrible the entire time. And I kept telling them, I was like, hey, guys, can we stop at CVS? Like, I kept asking, <laughs> can we stop at CVS? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it eventually. They never fucking stop oh. at CVS. Because we all came on a van. Yeah. So, you know. You I, were not in control. Yeah, I was not in control at all. <laughs> and we talk about the shit lab all the time. Because we're just like, Cheyenne just keeps asking us to go to CBS, so we just never fucking went and never listened to uh, her. At bunch all. of dicks. <laughs> it was so horrible. I love them, but that shit, I was just, but I was so young and I was just like, okay, I guess I'm not going. Like, I, you know, what was oh, I going to yeah. do? You when know? you're in a tour van like that, I, I was yeah. once one of those tours early on, like, I, I had to go, you know, it was like, I had to go to the bathroom. You're in the, the, the tour van, the two, you know, in the van. And I'm like, hey, man, uh, yeah, I got to piss. And I was like, all right. And then just like 20 minutes later, I'm like, hey, man, uh, we've passed like seven exits. Yeah. I still got to, you know, it's like, okay, another 10 minutes. I'm like, dude, I'm going to pee in the back of your van. Yeah. If you don't stop, like I'll be five minutes. It's like, dude, just stop. It's five yeah. minutes. Like, let me run out. Like, right. Uh, like you better grab like, you a cup. Yeah. That's what they used to do. I, <laughs> we didn't have anything at the time. I was like, it's hard, you know, you know. we don't have to get into that too much, but, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was like, hey, you want me to go out the window? Like what's going yeah. on here? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, when you're in a van, sometimes you're just like, you're, you're not doomed. in control. You're just like, <laughs> all right, well, we're going to stop when the driver wants to stop. So. Yeah. It gives you thick skin, for <laughs> you gotta, sure. You got to, yeah, you got to be humbled. Yeah, you roll with the punches roll on the that. big tours. And yeah. I'll never forget this guy, Lunchbox. For some reason, yeah, I mean, his name was Lunchbox, so he stood out. But he was a huge man, and he was super nice, like big, tall guy, Texan. I think he was from Texas. But, yeah. He was just he was just a cool guy, quirky, and his name was Lunchbox. I think he had like purple hair, and I just remember him just being so nice. And uh, yeah, he, he that was the only guy from all those forty people that I remember. Oh yeah, <laughs> well with a name like Lunchbox, that's it's a little easy to be to be remembered, I guess. Yeah, it's <laughs> true, but. Uh, 
yeah, that tour life, I commend anybody who does, especially when you're starting from the beginning, because it is, it's rough. You know, a lot of times you don't have a budget. You're just kind of going out there. And I just realized um, that, you know, because they tell you, especially as an artist, you have to tour. Like, that's what I was told, especially when I first got here. Right. You know, a lot of things have changed now with social media and, you know, that whole thing. But I still find that playing live is so important. Uh, but I knew at a pretty young age that I did not want to tour like that, that rough touring. Yeah. Um, For, you know, I, I didn't want to make that my living. Right. You know, that's... I, if I tour, I definitely want it to be very specific. I want a budget and it doesn't have to be a crazy budget, but that whole van life thing, yeah, I'm not built for it. And <laughs> my allergies. You and me both, you know, I've, I've done it plenty, you know. but it's, yeah. You know, and like I said, anybody, anybody that wants to do it, I'm not knocking it, but I just figured out at a young age that it, you know, that's not what I want to do. And I don't sure. think now that you have to do it. Right. You can definitely make moves across the world without doing that. And when you do actually tour, now you have statistics to say who's listening to your music over here <laughs> and there. You got, you know, all these things where you can track things. And so when you actually do tour, you know that there's somebody there that is actually interested in seeing you because before you're just touring and you just like, well, we'll see what happens. We'll try to promote in the city, but yeah. we don't really, we don't know if anyone's going to come or we don't Definitely. really know anybody, you know, especially when you're first starting out. So now it is way easier to track those type of things and, you know, really use your time a little more efficiently. So that's, that's cool. cool. That's great. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But do you have any, like, uh, it, I always am interested in like, in goals like do you ha do you set goals for yourself is that something that you think about uh, oh yeah 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 I definitely think about goals I guess I'm trying to think I, I wasn't I wasn't ready for that one but um I know I definitely <laughs> set like monetary goals I okay. think that's important not necessarily like how I'm gonna get to them but like we were talking about earlier like if you're going to live here and you want to stay in California, you definitely have to have your finances in mind. Um, and that's really with anywhere you are. Sure. But it's but, hard, even harder out here. <laughs> yeah. In places like, you know, Largest, those yeah. major cities. So I definitely had that in mind. I'm definitely figuring out, you know, where I want to be in five years, how much I want to make, in five years, things like that. I, I definitely write these things out. I'm a big person of, I'm super, nah, mm -mm -mm. I'm big into manifesting. Nice, yeah. <laughs> manifesting, affirmations, meditation. It works for me. You know, people are like, ah, oh, you just say something and la, la, la. It's not, and to me, it's like, it's not just saying it. It's like saying it and believing it and feeling it and knowing that it's real for you. Yeah. Even though you can't see it yet, you know what's going to happen. It's that, that faith um, that you have in the universe, God, whatever you want to call it. Um, when I really started honing that in, I started seeing a lot of changes in my life. Um, I, I'm not going to worry about the time. 
yeah. because I'm enjoying this. So whatever, I'll deal with the other thing. Um, but um, yeah, was I going to say, yeah, manifesting, you know, all that stuff. Here's the story. So I was in a really bad relationship. Um, and coming back from like living me, living in that nine guy house. So I met this guy at a bar and he's, and I told him my situation, I got robbed. I'm in this place. I don't know what to do. I don't have any money. I'm fucked. (laughs) I just started venting. And he was like, I'll get you out of there. Some, I mean, we talked for like, I used to play at this bar like twice a month or something. So we talked for like three months just talking. And I told him about that. And he's like, yeah, just come live with me. He's, he's an older guy. I was like, at that point when he told me that, I was like, I don't care. Yes. I don't, I don't yeah. know. You're saving my life. And I really liked him. You know, I thought he was charming and all this stuff. I was into him, you know? And so, and until this day, like, I still think he's a great guy, but you know, things don't work out. But I moved in with this person like right away. Like we didn't didn't know each other. We didn't know each other. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was like, it was crazy, but I was just in such a shit place. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what to do. And I really don't want to like move back home or whatever. Like I was still doing things out in Los Angeles, but I just was not, I was just like at a rock bottom. Yeah. So when I got with this, you know, got with Sky, moved in, all this stuff, and it just, it just was uncomfortable for both of us. And it was just, I was eating shitty, drinking a lot. Everything just started deteriorating even more, even though now I was starting to make, I had some money because he was helping me, you know, kind of save and get myself together because I was just messed up. So he was great in that way for me. But like living together just didn't work. And so going back to manifesting and affirmation. So I started looking for a place and I had never had a place on my own, like where I signed the lease, no co-signer, you know, credit check, all this stuff. Like I had never done that. And this is only like two years ago that, um, you know, coming into this. So I started to um look and i was just like i'm gonna find a place for under a thousand dollars that i can stay in by myself no roommate no problems i'm gonna find it i'm gonna do it. it's gonna be in hollywood it's gonna be close to my job it's gonna be safe it's gonna be all this i just started naming it out calling it out and writing it down and i found it i found a place under a thousand dollars wow in Hollywood, right in the thick of it, right where I wanted to be. And when I saw this place, because I went and looked at it and everything, and I was like, okay, this is my house. Like, when I saw, I went to view the apartment. It just felt right. It felt right, but I just claimed it. I was like, I'm in this room now. This is where I'm going to live. This (laughs) is my house. I literally did that for an hour. I sat in the middle of the floor and I was like, this is where my bed's going to go. This is where my clothes are. This, like, I planned it out. I pictured it in my brain. Like, this is my fucking house, bitch. And they approved me with shit credit. You know, horrible um, at the time. And now, you know, (laughs) I'll put my credit score blast. No. um, (laughs) But yeah, at the time, like I said, I was just coming out of this horrible place financially, spiritually, mentally, everything. Yeah. And that was when I realized how powerful your mind and your spirit can be when you really want something 
and you really and the universe knows you need it and you are direct about what you want when you are direct about what you want and you truly believe it with all your might and you say that out loud and you are writing it down not only it's it's the rituals of just doing those things but it's also you are starting to believe it yeah and i think the universe hears that you know the universe hears that and sees that because for me it you know that particular thing really just showed me that i have a lot of power and that's awesome Everybody has that. It's not like, oh, I'm Beyonce, bitch. No. Uh, <laughs> but it's like everybody has that. But it's like honing in and knowing what you want. Yeah. And so that has been something that I do. Like if I know I really want something, I repeat it. I write it down. I think about it, focus, picture what I want, how it's going to happen. And it may not happen the way I think it's going to happen, but it worked. It, and things, it's happened over and over again, you know, with the apartment from getting songs placed and yeah. writing with different people. These, it's so important. And I know people, people's like, oh, that doesn't make sense. That's malarkey. That's malarkey. <laughs> malarkey. Wow. Bringing back malarkey. Huh? Yeah. Malarkey. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm like, well, that's fine. If you don't believe it, that's fine. But for me, it has worked tenfold you know <laughs> so i am very you know grateful for that and just having the mindset to just try not to worry so much say what you want yeah work towards it and you'll be all right you'll be good so that's how i do my goals that was my long-winded answer to no, your awesome. question <laughs> i appreciate it <laughs> That's super cool. Vision yeah. board, putting energy towards something, intention, however you want to like think about it. Yeah. Uh, and it it really only matters like if you believe it, right? Yeah. And if it works for you, if it improves your life, then who cares what somebody else, how, if, if someone else believes that it's working. Yeah. You know? It's true. It's true. I, I guess I just get a little sad when people say that because it's like, <clears throat> I feel like a lot of times when people say that it's they're coming from a place of I don't want to say ignorance, but they've never tried it. Right. So it's like, oh, it just sounds stupid, whatever. And it's like, but maybe if you try it, it might work. Now if you if you like were into it and you're just like, uh, you know, it's cool, but didn't work for me. But like, you know, I I feel like a lot of people who don't it usually comes from a place of that. Like they're not even interested in trying it. And it's like you said, it doesn't matter, but I feel like it could be a loss, especially if you're someone who's not happy. Right. And then someone says, well, I'm happy and I've been doing this. You're like, ah, that's dumb. It's like, well, okay, but you say you're not happy. So what, what's the, what's the issue? What, what, what's really going on here? You know, are you really putting yourself out there? Are you really putting out, are you really like putting intention towards the things that you really want? Yeah. And that's true. Like, yeah, it's like, what are you really doing? And do you just enjoy not being happy? And right. you just enjoy complaining about it and not doing anything and just It's safer. Yeah. It's just, it's it you're totally right. You don't have to try to do anything, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm just gonna wallow in my <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I it's everybody's you know like you said, there's, there's been ups and downs and, yeah. and of course I've had that too. And everyone 
So you have to, these are things like you have to remind yourself of Mm -hmm. too when you're in one of those downs is like, okay, what am I doing to like swing this up? What am I doing to like get the things that I want to get? It's hard. Yeah. And we all have downs, like you're saying, like, don't get me wrong. Like sometimes you just are in a bad mood you're in a fucked up place shit happens in your life that you can't control you know and you are allowed to feel but when you start living in that emotion instead of okay i felt it and now i'm gonna let it go it's like no i've felt it and now i'm gonna hold on to it and i'm gonna bask in it and i'm gonna now make decisions off of this right and it's like okay now you're letting it dictate your life you're letting it take away your power right and you're doing a disservice to yourself and then the people that love you are seeing this they they're not they're they're feeling it too you know so it's it's like how you deal with it i guess is the point and especially as artists we can be some dark ass people oh yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) definitely i tried yeah trying not to you have to talk to yourself i talk to myself all the time oh yes Yep. I think that's that's a good healing thing. People think you're crazy. I don't care, bitch. I will talk to myself in front of you. Like, no. yep. I do it too. Yeah. But it helps you get things out, you know? And, you know, like, okay, why did I make that move? Why did I say that? Did I feel... And sometimes you can overthink, but it's like, it's good to check in with yourself. You know? I agree. Yeah. So, I agree. Yeah. It's all... That was awesome. I didn't, I didn't know that that goal thing was going to Turn into that. Turn into that. That's amazing. (laughs) I I know you're. I know you're. We're running short on time here, but I really, I really appreciate your time. And yeah. uh, In closing, if if you want to just shout out anything that you've been listening to, anything that's kind of got your ear, or anything you wanna wanna shout out of friends that have released something or anything like that. Okay. Well. I have a show on October 30th in downtown LA. So follow Perfect. me on Instagram um, and you can get all the information there. Um, so I'm definitely excited for that show because the band, the big bang that I've been talking about, we're yeah. planning to get together again. It's a reunion. It's a reunion. Oh, yes. cool. So it's happening and I am really, truly excited to do that because like i said these guys these are my family yeah like like in closest people to me and we get to make music together in one space and yeah i'm I'm so excited um so that is definitely definitely want to shout that out and um friends things that's happening um my good friend from the big bang uh, Elaine Faye, also known as EE Beyond, she is battling stage four cancer. Oh so God. I definitely want to shout her out and anybody who knows her. Like, she's a beautiful, talented human being and she needs help through this journey. So definitely follow her on Instagram too at EE Beyond and check out her story and what she's doing. We're writing stuff together. Wow. Again, she's, we've written some songs together. Um, I mean, The Big Bang, but we've also written songs um, with Bodacious. She did a song with me as well. So, yeah, check her out. Right yeah. on. Wow. 
well somber moment to end with but uh yeah definitely I'll, I'll definitely check that out and uh hopefully be able to make it to your show on on the 30th we'll yeah <laughs> if i don't have a show myself but uh awesome yeah thank you so much for having me thank evan you. like like i said it's we said it's been years since we've seen yeah. you, so I'm really, really grateful that you called me, and uh, you're dope. So oh, thank you so keep much. Keep doing dope shit, man. Right back at you. <laughs> really appreciate your time and and you coming by, and uh, awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye.